What's going on, everybody? I'm your host of the Locked On Nationals podcast, Ryan Clary. And thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And so on today's show, I'm going back to the season breakdowns. And on today's show, once again, we are breaking down second baseman, youngest in charge, maybe? Luis Garcia, and as well as 31-year-old Ildemaro Vargas, who played some decent baseball down the stretch. Someone we didn't really have too, eh, we didn't really have high expectations for him. Let's just put it that way. And you shouldn't have either. But then also, the World Series starts tonight. This is one of the best times of the season, in my opinion, when there's baseball as well as football. And of course, Bryce Harper is going against Dusty Baker. Do we have any bias there? Find out at the end. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And so, like I said, we are doing a season breakdown today of Luis Garcia and Ildemaro Vargas. I'm going to get to Ildemaro Vargas around the 12 minute mark here. But first, I kind of want to give my opinions on Luis Garcia. Luis Garcia was someone who was called up in the COVID season of 2020, and he wasn't really supposed to be in the majors at that point. And truly, if you ask me why was he in the majors in that season, I don't know. I truly don't know. I try to think back to it. Obviously, we had some COVID issues and everything, and so he kind of had to get the call up to the majors maybe sooner than when he was. But when he got called up that year, you saw a lot of potential with him. This is someone where when he was first called up, he wasn't really doing much in the field, but he was certainly hitting the ball 1,000%. And I truly believe that. I think this guy is a hitter. This is someone who is going to come up to the plate and he's going to take his hacks. And that's what I like about a young player. He's not going to be afraid to make mistakes. And that's something we kind of saw with Luis Garcia. He took a lot of great pitchers yard this year. In memory, Max Scherzer, Nationals Park, he went right over the right field wall there. The Great Wall of D.C., as I, as I call it. Luis Garcia took him yard. This is someone who has a lot of raw talent in a sense. And he mashes down in the minors league. In the minors. And AAA Rochester, this was someone this year, I believe, had like a 900 OPS and was batting above 300. And he's 22 years old. This is someone who's still young. He's still, he still has maturing to do in the game of baseball. He's not really a seasoned defender. We saw him when he was at shortstop this year from June all the way until we traded for C.J. Abrams. And let's be honest, that was a brutal stint for Luis Garcia at shortstop. He was not it. He was booting balls. He was throwing balls away. And that just wasn't going to be his natural position moving forward. And at second base, I don't think he's a world beater there. I don't really think that he's going to be someone to where you're going to rely on defensively. But he's a much better second baseman than he is a shortstop. And with C.J. Abrams, he's not going to have to worry about playing shortstop on any basis. I think C.J. Abrams is going to play at 162 as long as he's healthy. 
kind of like what Trey Turner did. Obviously, he'll have an off day here and there. But this is someone who doesn't have to worry about playing shortstop. And if you don't really know about that, shortstop's a tough one. <laughs> it's a tough one to handle. Let's be honest. For anyone, and especially for someone who's not really a natural shortstop. Like when I look at Luis Garcia, he's a little has a little shorter frame. He's not the biggest guy in the world, which is fine. Like I believe he's six foot two, maybe, if that. 212 pounds. So I guess he's a little bigger, but I think that six two is a little kind to him. I've seen him in person. I've I've actually gotten to talk to him inside the clubhouse. And I, I just I don't think he's six two, but that's really beside the point at this. I'm not trying to get into that. You can make whatever for his height, but my point is I just don't really think that he's the natural shortstop fit for us going forward. And ultimately, do I think he's the second baseman going forward? Yeah. I say that not so confidently, though. Like, do I think that, and this is the question that I ask for each and every one of these player breakdowns, is this someone who's going to affect our rebuild moving forward? Is this someone who's going to be on the next postseason team? And if you ask me that today, I think he is on the next postseason team, but is he really making an effect on that team? Is he really going to be plugging away? I don't know. And I say that because there's a lot of inconsistencies with him this year. You saw him, especially when he first came up, he was killing the ball. He was batting 330. This is some, I mean, actually, I'm not going to say killing the ball. He wasn't really hitting for too much power, but he was getting on base. And, you know, if you're going to have a batting average above 300, like you're, you're going to be making some noise in the major leagues and you're going to find a place to play, especially if you're on the worst team in baseball. So this was something to where when we called him up originally, it was something, why wasn't he there opening day? Why wasn't this someone who was starting over Cesar Hernandez? I know Cesar had a great last year in 2021, but he's not someone we're going to be banking on moving forward. This was a prove-it year for Cesar, and once he hits free agency, hopefully he gets a little bigger contract. And obviously, he completely floundered at the major league level this year and was just not it. Only hit a pair of home runs this year. Actually, I believe he only hit one home run this year. I don't have that up in front of me. But this is someone who hit 20 bombs last year. Where did that go? But that's beside the point again. This is Luis Garcia time. This is the time where we break down the performance of someone who is not the high, wasn't the highest prospect. He wasn't really the big time star coming out like Victor Robles or Carter Keboom, even. But this is someone who you heard about. You heard about him hitting in the minor leagues. I believe even then he's always been a hitter. You look at him in the minor league levels. I'll pull up the stats here any moment now. He's someone that the organization has talked about pretty fondly. You believe in what he can put out, especially for when you're not a good team at this point. But let me answer this question that I proposed to you guys. Is this someone that you're going to build around? Or is he going to be someone that will help a championship team or a postseason team, really? And the answer to that is probably not. And I'll give a definitive answer, and I'll say no. And the reason why that is, I don't know what it is about Luis Garcia. I can make the excuse for C.J. Abrams, who we saw this season make his major league debut and his nationals debut when he eventually got called up from Rochester. 
and I look at his struggles, and that's someone who's 21 years old. Now just turned 22 a couple of weeks ago, actually. And I make that excuse because it's someone who's a top 10 prospect. There was a lot of promise for C.J. Abrams coming into this year. And truth be had it, he didn't really play that much in the minor leagues. He got drafted in 2019. 2020 season was filled with COVID. Obviously, no minor leagues that year. And then last year, he spent it in the minor leagues as well. And he did well. He did well. Well enough to be called up and be the starting shortstop for the Padres this year. He also got sent down at one point, but he came up and kind of resurrected his rookie season, as you could say, with Fernando Tatis, who wasn't going to be making his appearance, then ultimately got suspended for PEDs. But that was after we traded for him. But here, Luis Garcia, five years in the minor leagues. This is someone who's batted 286 with a 324 on base percentage. That was good for a 735 on base plus slugging. Now, that's not crazy. That's nothing amazing. But like, I look at it this year 2022 with Rochester. He batted 308 with a 366 OPS and a 519 OPS. That was good for an 885 OPS as well. In 2021 with Rochester, he had the same stat line, really, too. 300 batting average, 370 OPP with a 599 slugging percentage. That was good for a 970 OPS. That's an amazing, an amazing 2021 season for him. Obviously, it was only in 37 games as he was banged up. He also got called up to the majors. But this is someone to where you see it in the minor level. And can we see it in the majors, though? that's really what it matters to. And there is a jump of difference in competition between the minor leagues and the major leagues. And truth be told, a lot of people don't really think that there's that big of a jump when it comes to pitching. And in my mind, I think that's crazy. And that's just my opinion. You can think differently. But I look at when you are going against Justin Verlander, Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer. Those, that's not the same as if you're going against Forrest Whitley or Cade Cavalli when he was dominating Cole Henry when he was pitching this year. And so I just, I've never really bought into that argument, but for Luis Garcia, sweet Louis G as some of you called him. I think there's hope for him having a position in the major leagues. Is it a starter? Probably not. In my, if I was a GM, if I was putting the GM hat on, I wouldn't be planning for him to be the second baseman moving forward because I look at it and his plate discipline is one of the worst I've seen, quite frankly. And that's not me overreacting. This is someone who only walked 11 times this year in 377 at-bats in the major leagues. He had 84 strikeouts. That's awful. You've got to be more disciplined at the plate, especially for a bad team. You have to be working the count. You have to be better with selecting your pitches. Take some balls. Be patient. And that's just something I didn't really see this year from Luis Garcia. And will we see that? We could. But my job here is to give my opinion. And my opinion is just I'm not seeing it yet. And... That's why it's kind of tough for me to say that this is someone that we could move forward because I know a lot of you are high on him. And there are ways to be high on Luis Garcia. He's showed flashes. He's been hot. 
His first month and a half, I was saying, I could get behind this. But then as the at-bats kept coming, every day gets to you. It's hot in August. His numbers started to decline a little bit. They took a little dip. And the power wasn't really there to where I thought it could be like we saw in the minors. But I don't want to contradict my point because I do think that obviously major league pitching is a lot better. But I guess it's not obvious to a lot of people. I've seen a lot of analysts say that there's not that big of a difference. But in my mind, there is. And so with Luis Garcia, it's just kind of tough to say. It really is. He's kind of one of those guys to where he's on the fence of like, yeah, you could build around him or not around him, but he could be a piece to the puzzle. But then there's also a side to where it's like he's for the short term. He's not going to be a long-term major league guy. Can he play a role on a championship team? 100%. If he's someone coming off the bench, pinch hit situation, I'd be fine with that. Perfectly fine with it. Do we trade him down the line for maybe a team that needs that hit piece who can come off the bench and make some contact? Yeah, he could be. But he's only 22 years old. So I don't really see us moving on from him. He's going to have his opportunities, and he's probably going to be in the opening day lineup next year unless we make a move for a second baseman. But right now, I see us sticking put with them. And is that cool? Sure. That's fine. He has until 2027 until he's a free agent. So might as well use him while we've got him. And so I'm fine with that. But someone who I'm not really as fine with is Ildemaro Vargas taking up some of that. But I'm going to get into that right after I tell you about my friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football in this start of the new basketball season. The Wizards season started a few days ago. I'm a huge Wizards fan, and you guys should be too as DC sports fans. Guess what? We're 3-1. and one. I'm going to start placing a little cash, a little dinero on them making some wins, throw on the money line, make some cash with me. So you can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering info with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. And so let's now transition into Ildemaro Vargas. Ildemaro Vargas was someone who's bounced around in his major league career. He's 31 years old. He was signed out of Venezuela. And obviously, you probably know him from, or do you really know him? Because let's be honest. I, When we signed him, I didn't really know who we were getting. I didn't. As time went on, though, I saw him in the field. He was making some plays at third base. Like I saw the great Mark Zuckerman. He wrote a story on MassInSports.com a few weeks back kind of hinting that this could be someone that we could rely on to be a defensive third baseman. And I don't, I'm not going to put words in Mark's mouth because I don't think he said this, but it, there's a possibility that we move forward with Ildemar Vargas. And I'll get straight to the point. 
H, no. Please, no. You're going to have Carter Keeboom coming back, who was once kind of one of your prize prospects. That was kind of the guy we hung our hat on. After 2019, it's like, okay, Rendon's going to walk. Guess what? Carter Keeboom, first-round pick. He's coming up. He's young, and he's got time to develop. Well, Carter Keeboom came up, and then he went down real quick. <laughs> real quick. He didn't stick. And obviously this year he had Tommy John surgery in spring training. And so he never appeared in a single game this year. Didn't re- didn't rehab down in the minor leagues. And so what's the future hold for Keeboom? I'll be getting to that later in this offseason as well. But right now it's Ildemaro Vargas time. And I'm not buying it. I'm not. When you're 31 years old, 31 for a rebuilding team, you're cheap. I get it. You're cheap for the payroll here. You're going to save us a couple dollars. But what does that really ultimately do moving forward? Because think about it this way. If there's a paper bag or whatever it is, a wig blocking a drain, you're going to pull that wig out of the way. And for this case, Ildemaro Vargas is certainly blocking someone if we were to be the starting third baseman going into next year. And that person is Carter Keeboom. He was once a prize prospect. Can I say it again? This is someone to where the Nationals talked about a lot. We drafted Spencer Keeboom as well back in the day. Obviously, that didn't work out. His older brother. But Carter Keeboom was told that we he was going to work out. And he hit pretty well down down in the minor leagues. He developed kind of nicely from what we saw. And then once he got the call up, he was just really overwhelmed. In 2020, I I think he had a home run, I think, his very first game in 2020. And I was like, oh, my God, like, Mike Rizzo did it again. (laughs) Like, we we got our guy. But then he fell off and hasn't really found that hot stretch that he had in game one of his MLB season. But then, Ilomaro Vargas batted 280, fine batting average, 308 OBP, 398 slugging with a 706 OPS, struck out 21 times, had five walks in 196 plate appearances, hit three home runs, 19 RBIs. Now, I will say, a lot of you might be thinking, well, Ryan, you gave Luis Garcia a chance to be moving forward with us. You're giving him a chance, but not Ildemaro Vargas. Why is that? Simple. He's 31. This is not someone he's here. I have it right here in front of you. He's only played in 239 games in his six years across the MLB in the major leagues. This is someone who's bounced around. He's not a mainstay. He's not a fixture. If you're going to keep him as an extra man to come off the base in defensive situations late in games, to try to solidify a win in like a one-run game. Sure. If you're going to pull Kiboom out, play, have him play a little defensive third baseman, because he's a wall back there. I will say that. He's a good defender. He's good. I saw a lot. He made a lot of great plays this season, a lot of game-saving plays too. Laid out for a couple balls, made some nice throws, and really was kind of the glue over there once he got the third base gig. But then you look at it from the top up. What are we doing with this? What does this ultimately do moving forward? Because in my mind, 
it's just a waste. It is. We know what he is. He's been in the MLB for too long. He's not going to turn this thing around. It's not going to – he's not going to flip a switch and be a gold glove third baseman or a silver slugger. Like I said, he was a good fielder, made some great plays. But I don't want to see him being a stopgap for someone who's younger like Carter Keeboom, who we invested a lot into. And we were told that this was going to be someone who's going to replace Anthony Rendon. I don't want to see him taking reps away from him. And I don't care if there's a spring training battle and he's and Davey's going to come up and be like, well, we're giving it to the better third baseman. And that's Ildemaro Vargas. Wrong. I don't care what there is. Carter Keeboom has to be the third baseman moving forward. If Ildemaro Vargas is going to be on the roster, fine. That's fine. He can come off the bench. He can pinch it. And he can play third base every now and then. That's totally fine. He should not be blocking someone else's development when you're going to be on a bad team. Now, maybe the Nationals surprise everyone this offseason and actually spend money. But let's be honest. That's not going to happen. And you know it too, so don't get your hopes up. Don't do it. We know this. We know this team. They won't do it. But... You know who will do it? You know who will cover everything? My friends over at Locked On Sports today. Thanks for making Locked On Nationals your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today. Available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast and so now the world series you've either all been waiting for or you've all been dreading and i'm gonna be honest i am steamed up for this world series tonight let's go it's honestly it does suck watching kyle schwarber uh, Dusty Baker, two former great Nats. And there's also someone named, I think his name's Bryce Harper. I think that's his name. He'll be playing in the game tonight. He'll be battling for his first ever ring. Juan Soto's got a ring. Trey Turner's got a ring. Max Scherzer's got a ring. Straight Steven Strasburg's got a ring. Anthony Rendon's got a ring, but that's beside the point. Bryce Harper, congratulations, man. You're battling for your first World Series. Are you going to put the team on your back? I don't know. But ultimately, I want to get to this. Nationals fans have a lot riding on this. Some people feel like, I can't root for the Astros. They cheated. They cheated out people from a ring. You know who they didn't cheat out from a ring? The Washington Nationals. And you know who beat them four games at their place? And I'll say it, while they were cheating, your Washington Nationals. Call it as it is. They made that World Series run even more legendary. So thank you, Houston. I love you. Seriously, I love the Astros. I will say it again. I love the Astros. You know who I don't love? Philadelphia sports. You know who I'm not too fond of? Bryce Harper. You know who else I'm not too fond of? Reese Hoskins. I don't know why with Reese Hoskins. I'm just not. I like Kyle Schwarber. I do. I don't hate him. Even with Philly, I find a way to root for him. I just think Schwarber's a good dude, down to earth. I got to meet him a couple times. Really cool guy. But Bryce Harper? Eh. Eh. 
kind of tough to root for him, right? He left us for Philly. He left us for San Fran or maybe even the Dodgers. Probably wouldn't have a distaste for you. He left for Philly. That team up north. The Philadelphia Phillies. The Fightins is what they call them. The Fightins. Everyone's saying the Fightins. The Fightins this. Fightins that. Fightins this. Well, guess what? The Astros are 7-0 this postseason. They swept the Yankees. They swept the Mariners. I don't think they sweep the Phillies. I think it's going to be a tough one because the Phillies are the hottest team, in my opinion, right now. They've had to go through a tougher road than the Astros. I don't think the Yankees are really as good as everyone said this year. Obviously, that's easy to say now after they got swept in the ALCS. But you, they showed their true colors. They're kind of fraudulent, and they struck out a ton. And if they weren't going to hit home runs, and if you could prevent that, then you're going to beat them. They just weren't that good if they weren't going to hit the ball out of the yard. And the Astros prevented that. But the Phillies are the hot team. They have the hot hand right now. And so this is going to be a really close series, in my opinion. But I'm going to make it quick. I'm going to pull off this Band-Aid. Houston, Philadelphia. I've got Houston in six. I think Dusty Baker gets his first World Series win, and I think the city of Houston will be back again. And honestly, I get why people have a distaste for the Astros and for that organization. They did cheat, and it was wrong. But give credit where credit's due. This organization breeds talent. Look at the young shortstop, Jeremy Pena. He is someone who got the ALCS MVP. He's a 22-year-old. He was a third-round pick out of the University of Maine. He was born in the Dominican Republic. And it's a cool story. It's cool. Carlos Correa walk, no problem. Here's your ALCS MVP, 22-year-old Jeremy Pena. And guess what? He hits nukes every now and then. And he plays a bomb defensive shortstop. So it's a fun team to root for. Jose Altuve is still there. Alex Bregman. I'm not the biggest Alex Bregman fan. Still there. Jordan Alvarez. He rakes. He kills the ball. He's so much fun to watch. I bet he puts a couple out this World Series. Who will be the hero for the Houston Astros? Who will be that guy? Who's that guy for me? I'll say it. Someone who I kind of put my love out there for already. Jeremy Pena. I think he's going to be the World Series MVP. I think this pitching staff for Houston will shut the door. No one really talks about their rotation, but they should. They're filthy. The bullpen is nails. Ryan Presley closing the game, setting up the game, in the eighth inning, rather. It's exciting, man. They're an exciting team, and I'm rooting for them to beat the you-know-what out of the Phillies. Because guess what? I'm petty like that, and I need the Nationals, and I guess the Braves now, too, to be the most recent. Now, if it was the Phillies and the Braves that recently have won a World Series before us, that would kind of suck. I can kind of deal with the Braves, but obviously I would never root for them again. And I didn't last year, also, for the record. I was rooting for Houston. But it's easy to root for Dusty. 
I'm pulling for Dusty, and I think you should too. A lot of people have some ill will, weirdly, towards Dusty Baker in the national or with his Nationals tenure. I don't. I think Dusty was fine. Obviously, he wasn't the most analytical, sound manager, but in his two years here, we won the NL East. We were a good team, and he kept that together after what was a debacle with Matt Williams. And so I've always had a nice soft spot for Dusty Baker, and I hope he can finally get the ring that he deserves. This is someone who can you really st- tell the story about baseball without Dusty Baker when you're putting it all together, especially over the last 20 years? Probably not. Dusty Baker, line up Jeff Carr from Locked On Reds. Loves Dusty Baker, as he should. Dusty's a good dude. You can't, you don't dislike Dusty Baker. Do you dislike his philosophy like I do? Yes. But do you root against the guy? No, and you shouldn't. That's childish in a sense. You want the good guy to win, and that's what Dusty Baker is. And so, all right, I'll wrap up on today's show. So thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen. Now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reaction, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, you enjoy the World Series. Go Nats. Go Dusty Baker, Astros in six, Jeremy Pena for your World Series MVP. You heard it here first.